Hello and welcome to Rekindling Relationships with Beck and Vern. As well as podcasting, we run relationship workshops for organisations, as well as fun, creative dates to reconnect couples. We live in Bendigo with our blended family of four teenagers and a menagerie of animals. Welcome to our podcast designed to answer all the tricky questions to do with relationships, done in a fun, sometimes a little silly, but hopefully an informative way. Hey everyone. Hey everyone. So we're back for our third Tricky Questions. I hope you're enjoying them. Yeah, the last one we did was a live podcast. That was a lot of fun. And this one, we're back at home again. Bex found a whole lot of interesting posts on the Book of Face. And um, we are going to have a bit of a discussion. I've even gone on and found some for you, Beck. That sounds fun. Yeah. I might start off as Ooh. I push to the front of the queue. <laughs> this question I thought was funny. Is it wrong for a man to ask a woman if she is hungry and tell her to eat before he comes to pick her up? What <laughs> question is that? <laughs> what does that even mean? Do you understand what that, that means? Is it wrong to tell a woman that she's hungry? No, 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 no. To ask a woman, are, are you hungry? And then... Are you hungry? I'll be picking you up soon. Make sure you eat something. (laughs) Is it like we're going on a date, but I don't want to feed you? It sounds like it, doesn't it? It also is just like, oh, I don't want to deal with like a hungry person right now. (laughs) (laughs) Now, look, honestly, from my perspective, it's actually in my best interest to eat before I go and do things. Because if I don't eat, I don't think I'm very pleasant. I think if when as I get hungry, I get more and more irritable. I think a lot of people do though. Maybe yeah. that's maybe that's what's happening. Maybe this their past experience has been dealing with people who are hangry. Are hangry, yeah. <laughs> hungry and angry, just irritable. I'd like to know why they ask that question. Maybe she's mooching context? too. Maybe she's like Maybe they're mooching off your Yeah. Oh. So maybe it's like, oh, Every time he goes and picks her up, she's like, oh, I'm really hungry. Let's go get some food. And then he has to pay for it. So maybe he's a wow. bit like. It sort of sounds like our teenagers. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe he's dating someone that's still acting like a teenager. It's just like hungry all the time. Can't look after Let's, himself. We need, yeah, we need to go and eat somewhere expensive. That's but. really. No, I don't think it's rude. You don't think it's rude? Obviously, if it's a one-off, yes. But if it's obviously become a habit because this is why they put the post up, yeah, maybe just say, hey, we're not going to go out and get something to eat or we can't always afford to go out and buy stuff to eat. Just have a snack before you come out and then we'll go do our thing. Yeah, I, I guess the context you know what is I mean? important, maybe it's isn't the it? Context. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's not just like, no, no, we're not going out for dinner. No. Yeah, if he's being a tight ass, then that's it's, different. Well, that's funny because that's some of the comments that have actually come up where people have said something like, he wouldn't be coming to pick me up after that. <laughs> if he broke and she knows it and she accepts it, ain't nobody's business. I like that one. That's a great That's one. That's funny. This one person is being very honest. Ha, I would not last in that scenario. I could eat beforehand and be hungry an hour later. I'm a foodie, so I'm always starving. That's like you, actually. You, you're always <laughs> I was to eat actually something. just thinking that. Yeah, you just sort of got to like, eat all the time. That sounds like. Some people agree. No, a man isn't entitled to feed you. It's a nice thing to do, but if that's not your partner, it's not your problem. Actually should eat before going out unless food was promised or at least have your own money just in case. Yeah. Oh, that's a good comment. Mm. Yeah, that's a good comment. And this other one, not wrong, but a bit weird, (laughs) which I really like. Some people just didn't find that appealing. And someone says, if you're hungry, how long does it take to stop at McDonald's? (laughs) (laughs) Problem solving. It's all about problem solving. All righty, how about your turn? Okay, I've got one for you. Okay. This person says, I have recently split up with my girlfriend. Do you think I am too old to start again at 52? And where should I start and look? I have no idea. Oh, I really feel for that guy. 
or girl. I'm 52. You know, I reckon there's a lot of people out there in their 40s and 50s and 60s have moved on from their own relationship, have realized that that relationship doesn't serve them anymore. And now just don't know where to go. Like, where do you meet people nowadays? Especially with you know COVID that's been happening. So there's things shut down and you don't want to go to some horrible bar or where do you meet people? You don't go to the library. <laughs> Yeah, and a lot of us of this generation like to meet face-to-face and chat rather than online. So, yeah, I really feel for this person. We had a lady approach us after our live podcast mm. suggesting maybe that we do a over-50s kind of dating night because she said it's so hard to find people and she was in her 50s, wasn't she? Yeah, that is a tricky one. I'd love to hear from maybe our audience if they wanted to send us a message on Facebook, let us know what they think is a good way to meet people in your 50s, 60s and 70s because it's tricky. I mean, we met when I was in my 40s mm. and you're in your 30s. Yeah. So late 30s. <laughs> Do you see? I just, I just stuck that in there. And we met because our kids went to the same school. Yeah. But that's unusual really, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. One of the comments was, I'm 57 and it's slim pickings out there. Maybe join an over 50s dating site. Leave the singles bars, clubs to the young ones. I guess that's where most people do. We've got a couple of friends who met online and they're both probably in their late 40s, 50s. And that's worked really well for them. Yeah. But I think to get It is an option. Definitely an option. It's probably, one, probably the best option for people at the moment. Mm. Not having anywhere to meet anymore is really tricky. And in the past, where did you meet? I guess people used to meet at dances and stuff, didn't they? Yeah, probably maybe did more community things and you'd, I don't know, meet people there. Like go out and do things you're interested in and then you might meet people that have got the same interests. But saying that, that still could be pretty tricky. I think the dating site's not a bad option. Just be selective about which one you choose. There's some that are more aimed at single people hookups and then there's some that are a little bit more serious for people that are older and obviously you can put your age range in there too. I think that you know what you're talking there about you know the hookups and that's surprisingly common people find each other online we're having a discussion about this the other day and about quick sort of back and forth between different people and which I guess I have been in yes when I was single but that wasn't online dating that was people I've actually met. Mm. How inherently superficial it is at the end of it and that you don't really walk away feeling like you've actually gained anything from that i might have had a bit of physical pleasure but it's actually at the end of the day it's just a bit stressful because you're always reaching out trying to find new people different people connect with people trying to find someone who fits i wasn't going deep with any one person meant that nothing really was very it meant nothing was very fulfilling so i think for people in their say 40s and 50s and 60s and 70s, I'm assuming Mm. they really want to have a deep connection. Yeah, they're really looking for a companion, aren't they? And I think also this person asked if they think they're too old to start a game. I don't think you're ever too old to start a game. No, as you get older, you you should know more about yourself and what you want. And the reason you might have separated from a partner you've been with for a long time or even a short partner Maybe you've just grown apart and you've realized that. And it's one thing we've talked about before. You've got to actually heal the wounds from that last relationship or what might have pulled you apart or what's come in the middle of that before you should start another one. So maybe before he's, you know, this guy's gone, right, I've just broken up. Time to get out there. Actually, maybe it's time to go inward 
and just work through your own stuff for a bit. Because the more you work on your own stuff and the more you shift what's going on for yourself, then the, the more authentically you step in the world and then you're probably going to be more likely to find the person you actually want to be with, yeah, the real person. you're going to attract the right person and yeah. your relationship's probably going to have less up and downs. Mm, probably will have more consistency and go for longer. Like you might meet that person who you will spend the rest of your life with because you've actually taken the time to work on your own stuff and the stuff that might have come up in the last relationship. Absolutely. Have you another question for me? I do have another question for you. Based off their performance, what kind of meal does your last sexual partner deserve? Oh, well, mm. that's a good question. I like that one. So um, just putting it to you, based off my performance. <laughs> Look at your face. I don't even think a meal could compare, and I like my food. You like your food. Wow. <laughs> no, I can't compare a meal. What would you give me? Food wise, oh, it would be like one of those meals that Heston made. You know, that's like just what, like lickable wallpaper? No, <laughs> Blumenthal. Is that his name? The chef who just would make these crazy, weird inventions. <laughs> if you don't know who he is. Look him up. Random stuff. Oh, it's fantastic. It's like this amazing explosion of. I'd imagine, you know, like with Heston, you might look like you're eating an apple, but really, it's a. Meat pie? Yeah. No, that sounds really plain. It's probably like lobster or something, you oh. know. Um, so so you wouldn't just go for giving me lobster. You'd go for something that looks different than that because you think you're getting that, but you're actually getting something else. Is that the <laughs> metaphor we've got going here? No, it's just full of surprises. Oh. So yeah. by the sound of it, you were pleased. <laughs> I was very pleased. <laughs> a bit of that full of surprises, but also like a Jamie Oliver meal that's like – Traditionally amazing, you know. Oh, fantastic. So it's a bit of everything. Bit of everything yeah. and traditionally amazing. Yeah. So to tell you some of the comments that people oh, have actually put, do. it's so good. There were some people who were just like, oh, I'm getting a good steak and lobster. <laughs> awesome. Oh, steak and potato steak came up a few times, quite a lot of times. Oh, wow. Yeah, strawberries dipped in chocolate cake. That's an interesting one. But then they've got people probably on the other side of things. Oh, tell me. Some damn dirt with a double side of ants. <laughs> A bottle of water. Oh, that's terrible. Broken pieces of candy cane I found in my pocket of a used jumper or sweater I bought at the op shop. <laughs> that's a funny comment. That's a great comment. Plain oatmeal, chicken and rice, plain corn dog. really hope that their partners never read these, don't you? That's what I sometimes wonder. I'm like... Are these partners or are these like quick hookups? Yeah, I don't know. This one, You'd absolutely nothing. Starve or eat the dog food. These pretty much are all women. There's no men <laughs> who've actually commented here at all, which I thought was really interesting. Could not find a man commenting on this. Men are too scared. They might, they might get found out and they could explain it. Women are saying it like it is. That's but, so funny. But, you know, I mean, for you, I'd be serving up all the good stuff. Like, you'd get a buffet. <laughs> you get a buffet. You don't get to stop eating. You just eat and you find something else. And, you know, the thing for, thing for me about our intimacy is that we really take the time to explore each other's bodies. I think that makes a big difference. It's not a wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. Mm. It's not like oh, let's quickly just do this thing. We're both really present in that space. We take the time. We explore each other. We enjoy each other. We have a laugh in that space. There's this real sense of 
reciprocity of give and take mm. so that we're both giving into the space, mm. but we're also receiving into the space and we're taking from the space, but we're not always taking. Mm. We're not always, always giving, which mm. is the two different things. It becomes either people pleasing or selfishness, those yeah. two extremes. Yeah. So it's that moderate sitting in the middle and doing that and taking the time. People who are getting steak and lobster here, I'm hoping is an amazing meal, like a steak with lobster on top. Like, wow, <laughs> I don't even know where to go with that. Is that when we don't have an agenda of we need to do this thing and finish it, so it's not like go, 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 and then it's done. Mm. We go, 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 slow, go, pause, step back, breathe, relax, step in. We might even take a break for a while. Take a break for a while. So it can go for eight hours. It can go for, yeah, we can go for hours because it's not, there's no agenda. No or, destination. Yeah, I'm not mm. trying to make you come. Yeah, yeah. You know? I think that's it's what not, we've been emphasizing lately a lot, isn't it? Don't focus on the destination because mm. otherwise you won't enjoy the journey. It's like when you're going on holiday, you're so fixated on getting there that you don't notice all the beautiful scenery on the way. And Sometimes the journey to the destination can be as pleasurable as and the destination so. itself. Yeah. Yeah. And the destination you know, doesn't even have to be a destination, does no, it? No, it doesn't. And don't focus on that. I think if that gets taken out of the equation, then I think it makes everything pretty beautiful. Yeah. You know, I think when people step out of the idea that they have to orgasm or they have to come and it becomes more that let's explore each other, let's enjoy each other. And then when we feel like we're getting like things are starting to heat up a lot and you're getting to that point, actually being able to make yourself say stop. Mm. and pause and step away and go and do something else because mm. then what it does is it's like that energy that's created is just there circulating and it stays there there's an interesting thing which happens and i've read this through some tantra stuff with men is when they come and it's generally if they haven't done the work on being able to slow things down and mm. not get to the point of no return too quick mm like be able to pause and slow things down and then come back from that edge. Once they come, then they disconnect. So they come and then they're, they're ready to sleep or they just disconnect from the person and then there's no, it's like they, there's something lost there. But when you don't come, then you are still feel in that space even if you stepped away from each other there's still all this beautiful sexual energy moving in you but there's no urge to get rid of it yeah and the beauty of doing that which is called edging isn't it mm. is that it just keeps building building and magnifying the more you put it off the more it magnifies and then that creates bigger orgasms in the woman because you've got such you know powerful electrical energy going on in this great book i'm reading at the moment by a very unlikely pair of authors so it's pamela anderson most people remember from baywatch and she was in playboy and stuff like that the guy is shmuley botich who's a rabbi but he also talks about eroticism and full lust for love rekindling intimacy and passion in your relationship and i thought that was interesting because the first word and the last word of that tagline rekindling relationship is us mm, yeah. and in that book they talk about things like unavailability and mystery and that idea that rather than is constant drive for having to orgasm it's being able to step back from that and make yourself unavailable and say no mm. and that's something we do to each other where i'll be like nope you don't get to come 
Mm. Or nope, you don't get me right now. Mm. And you do the same thing. So it's actually, we make ourselves unavailable. So there's still this sort of yearning mm. for each other that we can create role play. So there's a sense of mystery about what's going to happen. Mm. It's not the same thing over and over. Yeah. And I think that's so important because if you don't have that mystery, if you don't have, if you don't take a time to actually make that intimate space really connective and beautiful but also different mm. then yeah things get stagnant and boring and then mm. you end up with a side of ants yeah <laughs> next to dirt yeah yep edging is a magical thing and um i think everyone should give that a whirl that's my <laughs> suggestion too. you say that with a knowing smile on your face <laughs> then you get the good meal oh, then, then you do get the good meal all right do you have a question for us does the amount of affection from your spouse Play a factor in how you feel about yourself or your trust in them? Oh, that's a good question. Hmm. That seems like something which we've talked about. Yeah, that's really dependent, isn't it? It's dependent on your way you like to be loved. Mm. Like if physical affection is your way to be loved, then what you'll do is you will seek that out. And we both have physical affection and that need to be physically intimate with each other. So we're constantly touching each other and kissing each other and, and being in that space. Mm. So that shows both of us that, you know, it's a way we both like to be loved. But if mm. that was my thing and not your thing, you might feel it as a bit like, oh, okay, settle down. You know, why are you being so affectionate? Do you want to just have sex with me? Where it's actually not that. It's actually me just, this is how I show my love to you mm. by being intimate. I think if your partner's not affectionate, because there's different ways of showing affection, mm. isn't there? Mm. It can be even just text messages. It can be touching. It can be words. It can be how they treat you. If your partner's not doing any of that, then yeah, you probably feel like they're disconnected from you and maybe they're not attracted to you. Mm. What do you think? Yeah, I agree because it might be a case that they both have a different way of showing love. The other person's might be something like kind actions or they might not realize they need to show you more affection. So maybe I would suggest that it would be a conversation you'd have and go, I really like to be touched and cuddled and kissed. I know that's not your thing, but that makes me feel safe and it makes me feel secure and it makes me feel like I trust you and you love me. And maybe it's that conversation and maybe that's something they haven't quite worked out each other's way of being loved. I think because of the way we've grown up, relationships and intimacy wasn't expressed in our families or talked about so most of us don't have any idea mm. can google the daylights out of this but being able to step into that space where you can tell your partner what your fears are and they can listen so like yesterday you know you expressing a fear to me you didn't need me to do anything but really hear you out yeah. and then express to you that i've heard you and that i understand and that it's okay mm. being able to be vulnerable with each other there's a real strength in that isn't there Absolutely. And so talking about that, being able to say, hey, look, I actually really love affection and I know you're not naturally affectionate, but maybe if you did this, if you put your arm on my shoulders or you hold my hand and then I would feel that you love me and you find me attractive. Yeah. Fill up each other's love buckets, so yeah, to speak, fill up each other's in the way cup. that they love to, be, love to be loved. I'd like to fill up your love bucket. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it is having that conversation. I, I think sometimes people, it's not that they intentionally won't be giving you what you need. They might not realize that's what you need. No idea. They probably have no idea. So I think it's really good to have that conversation. I really appreciate that when, and I said this to you yesterday, 
when you talk to me about what's going on for you and you're really clear about it and what you need and what's happening, I love that because I don't have to guess. Mm. I don't have to work it out because my first go-to is I've done something wrong. I need to work out what that is and fix it. And that's just my way of being in the world. But when you tell me, then I go, oh, okay, this is what it is. I don't need to fix anything. I just need to listen. Mm. And then that helps me actually in that space. It helps me give you what you want because I know what you want. I know mm. what you need better. If you expected me to understand what was going on inside your head, you wouldn't get what you wanted because I have no idea. And I'll instantly come from my perspective, which mm. is not your perspective. It's not what you need. It's what I think you mm. need. So the tip is just say how you feel. Yeah. Yeah, and speak all, your fears. Yeah, and if you if you really want some more affection in your relationship, ask for it. Ask for it. I don't think anyone's going to be like, "Oh no, I don't want to touch you." And if they do, it's time to get out. <laughs> <laughs> then, then definitely, I think it's over. <laughs> I think you're wasting your time. Get out. All right, so I've got one for you. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this one, <laughs> this one was for the guys here. Can you tell if a woman is faking an orgasm and do you care? Like, that's an interesting question. That's a can very you, interesting can question. Can you tell if your woman is faking an orgasm? I don't know. I'm not the wrong person to ask. I don't know. Can you tell can when you? I'm faking an orgasm? Yeah. <laughs> can you tell? I don't know. Some women can be people pleasers. Yeah. So they're like, oh, we really, w- I really don't want to make that person feel bad. Mm. What that does is means that nothing changes. Mm. The person who's you're with thinks they're doing the right thing because you're making all the right noises. Mm. You're too scared to actually tell them because you want to hurt their feelings. But the reality is if you turn around and said, hey, you know what I'd like, you know what I'd prefer if you did this, then they'd be like, great, I'd love direction. You know, you're getting the same uh, things happening, but it's not actually pushing your buttons. So again, ask for it. That's sexy, isn't it? Oh, it's so sexy. People don't realize that. They, I think people believe that they've got to be quiet about what they want. There's nothing more empowering than being able to say what you want and not feel worried about saying that. Mm. And you have to have a, a level of trust in that as well. Mm. There's got to be trust in that relationship. So that's really the basis for you want to have better orgasms. Mm. You want to have deeper orgasms. You want to have more connection. You want to have this beautiful flow then that comes from trust, doesn't it? And isn't it too much pressure on the person if you're not telling them what to do? Like how they, how do they know? Everyone likes something so different. So mm. like you don't come with a manual that they can read before they get intimate with you. And only some of us are going to read the manual. Yeah, you know, most some, of some, will, some will be like, oh, manual, fantastic. I'd be like, is there an audio version? <laughs> is, there, is there an audio book for this? <laughs> I don't mind I don't mind reading the manual if it's all like, you know, dot pointed and there's there's a troubleshooting section yeah. at the end. So I don't know why we expect, you know, for the other person or or even ourselves to know. Yeah, that's a good point. Why do we? Why, do, why do we think that why do we, think- we know each other's bodies? If we've been in a couple of different relationships, we realise every single person we've been with is probably very, very different. Very different. That doesn't and mean you know what the next person is going to No, want. not at all. And mm. what you want in that relationship Most- will change as well. Like you said that in the past you weren't as cuddly and affectionate with partners as you are with me because we're both very cuddly and affectionate together. So that amplifies that. Yeah. So everyone's going to be different. And even from week to week, you might want different things. So I don't know why we expect we can mind read and know 
have what the other person yeah. wants or be some or expect ourselves to be amazing at you know this thing that's too much pressure oh, wait, talk it's about way it. too much pressure talk about Hello, it it's too, and, <laughs> and you know the, i think the only way when we t- have these conversations things just get better don't they mm. You know, when we talk talk through this stuff. And yeah. I would hate it if... Say what you want. If I was with someone who was faking orgasms, I would hate that because mm. it would make me feel like, first of all, I'm pretty useless in that space, mm. which I don't want to feel. The masculine in me wants to be good at stuff. Of course. I'd also feel like that I'm being lied to. Yeah, that's not cool. That there's nothing being done about it. It's just mm. sort of happening... It's, yeah, it's a horrible feeling. Neither are getting what they want. Nobody's getting what they want. Mm. Yeah, you, and that's the thing. Maybe for the person faking the orgasm, they're like, oh, you know, they're going to feel like there's some sort of amazing sex god. Yes, they will believe that, but it's a lie. Yeah. At the end of the day. Ask for what you want. Yep. And because if you don't ask, then you're just getting dirt and you're getting rice. <laughs> Not a good or you're meal. Getting, you're getting a really bad meal. So that's our tricky questions for this week. Yeah, I hope you enjoyed it. And if you have any questions for us or if you have any great things that we can talk about, please message us at the Book of Face, <laughs> Facebook, for rekindling relationships. Check out our other podcasts. We've got a whole lot of other podcasts out there. Well, please tune in next time for more tricky questions. All right, see ya. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe and follow us. And check out our website at rekindlingrelationships.com. Bye for now. See ya.